Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast, episode 56. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast, uncovering the secrets of effortless social media marketing for your business. And here is your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. Hello there and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. And as always, I am your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. So when this episode comes out, it's going to be almost the end of March. And you know what? I can't actually believe it. The first three months of this year has flown by. And you know, when you think to yourself, gosh, I've got so much time to do things, that's ages away. And then suddenly before you know it, it's on top of you. And I hate saying this stuff because I feel so old. I feel like this is stuff I used to hear my parents say or my mum say, and I don't like talking about it. Also, another reason I don't like talking about how fast time's going is because I am a very true believer that basically what we think is what happens. So if you constantly think, I've got no time, I'm running out of time, time's going so fast, then the only evidence you're going to see is that, is that time is going so fast. So I try super hard to try and think about, I've got loads of time to do this, this is just as I need it. I've got just enough time that I need. I'm not saying it always works. However, I do try and think like that. But yeah, it secretly between you and I, it is going crazy, crazy fast. And also I've been doing a lot of traveling. I've been away a lot. So, so far I have been in uh, Dublin and Leeds and Dubai and Newcastle. And actually, I think when this podcast episode's out, I think I'm flying to San Diego. So yeah, it's going to be a bit of a crazy month. And then April, I'm in California again. Now, first off, if you listen to the podcast and you're going to be at Social Media Marketing World, then please come and DM me and tell me because I would love to meet up with you. It'd be so great to meet some of the listeners there if you're going to be at Social Media Marketing World. 
Also, I'm going to be at Impact Summit in California at the beginning of April. So if anybody's going to be there, then again, please let me know. I would love to meet up. And I'm actually going to be spending probably about a good week or so in LA. So again, anybody in LA that wants to come and say hi, I would love to see you. So please do reach out and let's try and meet up because I would love that. Anyway, let's talk about today's episode of the podcast. It's going to be a good one. I'm excited about this episode because I'm going slightly off piste a little bit, only a tiny bit, because I'm going to be talking about selling. Now, it might feel like that's a little bit off piste, but actually what is marketing ultimately doing? It's ultimately trying to sell a good product or service And therefore, sometimes we find marketing okay and we're happy to do that. But when it comes to the actual selling, we hate it. And people really do struggle with selling things, especially when it's a service and especially when that service is them. That is a real challenge to some people. So what we're going to be looking at in today's episode is I'm going to first off talk about the mindset around selling and a couple of things that have helped me in terms of feeling confident about the price I put out there. And then the second part of the podcast is going to be aimed at giving you some tips on how you can sell your product and service better. So it's going to be things that you can either do in person, you can do on a website, you can do on a webinar, you can do on a sales page, but hopefully some of these tips are just going to help you think slightly differently about how you actually go for that sale in the end of the marketing, at the end of your process. What kind of things can you say to help you A, feel better about selling and B, to convince the person, I guess, on the other end of the sale that this is the thing they want to do. Because ultimately, I know we love what we do. And don't get me wrong, I do love what I do. And obviously, the podcast doesn't necessarily bring me direct income. And I still continue to do it because I adore it. And I adore hearing from you guys and knowing that you're enjoying it. And therefore, I obviously do it because I love it. But ultimately, somewhere along the line, I have to charge for something because you know what? My mortgage is not going to pay itself and my daughter's school fees aren't going to pay herself. So I do need to earn some money. And it's how we get over that so we don't feel bad or sleazy or like a horrible salesman. Because I think when we think sales, I don't know about you, but that's the image that gets conjured up in my head that I'm going to be And I'm not going to pick an industry because I know there's some industries that are really associated with bad selling. So I'm not going to say any of those industries, but I'm sure we can all think of one where we feel like someone's really tried to sell to us. And it's not nice. It doesn't feel great. So today we're going to look at how we can do that and make that feel a little bit nicer and make it easier for us to do so. So, okay, let's start off by talking about mindset. Now, like I said, in terms of the thing that you're actually selling, this is possibly more important when you're selling yourself or you're selling a service. When it comes to a product, I don't know about you, but I do find it easier to sell it. I also find it easier to price that product because you obviously can have a look at the effort that goes into making it, the time it takes, the parts it needs, And therefore, to work at a price is not so difficult. And also, you know your base price. You know that I cannot go lower than this because this is my break-even point. So like I said, the first thing that we're going to think about is mindset. But when it comes down to you as your product or service or 
you are selling a service. So you know what was really interesting? When I first started my business, one of the things I struggled with the most was actually putting a price on my head. Now, honestly, that has got to be one of the hardest things ever. And also believing in that value that you've put on your own head and how you equate that into then selling that to a customer, it's really, really difficult. And I tell you what the turning point for me was. Now, Obviously, I had had a degree in marketing. I'd spent three years at university. I had then worked in marketing for over 10 years at that point. And yet, for some reason, I couldn't put a value on that. I don't know why, but I found that really, really difficult. So all those years of practice, all those years of training and all those years of doing marketing, I couldn't then come out the other end and go, this is what I'm worth. And I tell you what really made the biggest change for me is I had done loads of meetings in the early days where I'd gone and met people who had asked to have a coffee with me. We've all been there, I'm sure. And I went and had a coffee with them and I thought I was going to pitch and they basically just took all the ideas out of my brain. And of course, I was the fool who gave them over. I'm not sitting here saying they somehow extracted them without me realising. Because I get excited about what I do, I can't help but just give ideas and, and talk and So basically what would happen is I'd go and meet someone. I would then sit there for like two and it's been known to sit there for three hours and give them all my ideas and tell them how exciting things could be if they did this and did this and did this. And then I go back to the office and I'd then spend another hour or so doing a proposal only to send it to them for them to go, oh, we can't afford you or, oh, uh, we're okay, thanks. Well, of course they're okay, thanks. They've just sat there for three hours and took every idea out of my head. I stupidly gave it all away for free. So anyway, I went to the States for a conference. I'd always dreamed of doing it. I really wanted to do it. And the first conference I went to was Converted, which was a lead pages conference. And I went out to Minneapolis as a attendee of this conference and I spent a lot of money. Now, if you've not done a conference in the UK or in the States or wherever you are, then you might not know what these things cost because they're not cheap. So they will cost anywhere between a couple of hundred pounds all the way up to a thousand pounds. So I mentioned I was going to be at Impact Summit and I've just paid a thousand, I think a thousand dollars actually for that ticket. So obviously I'd spent the money on the ticket. I'd spent the money on the flight. I'd then spent the money on the hotel. And then obviously while you're over there, you're paying for food and drink and everything else that you're doing. And obviously the other thing I'd done is taken like four or five days out of my own business to go and do it. And I literally came back from that conference with a bill, like an exact amount of what I'd spent to go to that conference. And it come to about, I don't know, I think that one was about three, three thousand pounds, maybe something like that. Anyway, came back from the conference with this bill thinking, gosh, that was a lot of money I've just spent there, but it was well worth it because I've just learned so much amazing stuff. And when I got back, no joke, I had about three or four people message me who knew me very well and said, hey, Teresa, how was the conference? I'd love to hear about it. Can we go for a coffee? And I thought, no, no, we can't go for a coffee. Because you know what? I've just spent £4,000 or 3000 whatever it was, going over there to learn these things. And you want to take me for a coffee to pick my brain and find out the stuff that I've just spent all that money to find out. And I actually suddenly got it. I suddenly realised what on earth was I doing selling myself cheap, 
also going out there and giving ideas away. It was madness that actually, even though all those years of experience and paying for university, which by the way, I am still paying for now, you know, as an adult, I'm still paying for the fees that I paid to go to university for. So I guess I should equate that into everything, but I didn't. But it wasn't until I spent out a big chunk of money that I could physically see that I then realised, actually, this is craziness. I should be charging people a decent amount for what I'm doing. The other thing that I want you to think about here, so First thing, go back and think about all the things you've spent money on. Think about how much time you spent. For example, how many hours have you spent listening to my podcasts to get better, to uh, better understand what you're doing or to market yourself better? Or if you're working for clients or whatever, then, you know, market them better. So first off, think about the time and the investment you put into learning your skill and your trade. And then if you do spend money out on things like conferences or courses or whatever training it might be, then again, think about that and think that you're doing all this to get bigger and better for your clients and your customers. So actually, when you have any doubt in your mind, is that too much or should I be charging this? Just go back and just add up some of those sums because I promise you it's well worth it to them to not have to do all the work that you've done to get you to this point. So don't ever feel bad. So like I said, that was the first thing from a mindset point of view that really helped me think about how to value my brain or how to not feel bad about the fact that I was putting a price on my own brain. And the other thing I want you to think about that really helped my own mindset was think about selling as serving. Now, this might sound a little bit, I don't know, does it sound a bit cliche? But actually, it's so, so true. Now, first off, to do this, you've got to know that you've got a good product or service. And I don't doubt in my mind that you haven't got a good product and service because you know what? If you're spending time listening to this and trying to train and learn and get better, then there's no way you are trying to cheat people out of their money by giving them something terrible. So I'm absolutely adamant that you are offering a quality product and service. So next time you're thinking about this and next time you're about to sell something to someone, Think about you're serving them, you're helping them. They've got a problem and your product or service is going to fix that problem for them. And therefore, that is obviously worth an exchange of money. Now, what that amount of money is, that depends on you and them. However, don't feel bad that you are asking for money for giving some benefit to them and some help to them. You are serving them, but understandably you want some recompense for that. You need something back and that is in the form of money. So don't feel bad about that. And that's the way I like to think about it. And as long as I know the thing I'm offering as a service is good and is going to help them, I don't feel bad. Okay. So as I said, there are just a few little mindset things that I think about that really help me get over having to put a price on my head or having the confidence to go out there and say, I would like money for this thing. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through five points, five things that I use when I'm in a more sales mode. So this might be when I'm talking to someone, it might be in an email, it might be on my website, it might be on a sales page. In fact, if you are doing a sales page, these points are a must. Again, if I'm selling on a webinar, these points are really helpful as well. And like I said, it might be that you're not necessarily putting together a sales page where you're going to have all these things on it. However, I definitely think it's worth 
A, answering all these points for your product or service, because it'll definitely help you get a better, clearer mindset as to why and how people should buy your product and service. But also you're definitely going to be able to use some of these tools in various places in your marketing. Okay. So tip number one, understand your customer's pain points. Now, what do I mean by pain points? Now, every customer that comes to you to buy your product or service has a problem, obviously because your product or service fixes that problem. So you want to start thinking about what are the pain points your customers have. Now, let me explain this. For instance, let's say I'm putting on a course. I'm not, by the way, but let's say I'm putting on a course, an in-person course on how to do Facebook ads. The chances of people coming to that course because they want to become a genius in Facebook ads, it's been their dream, they want to know how to create an ad, and it's just something they want to do for their own benefit, is fairly slim. Okay, that's not their pain point. Their pain point is not the desire to be amazing at Facebook ads, okay? Might be for some people, but generally not. What their pain point is, is either they want that skill because they want to offer something better to their clients or they want to offer a new thing to their clients. So that's their pain point. They've identified that there's a gap in their skill set and they want to offer something or they know they can charge more if they have that. Or their pain point might be that they are a business owner and they know that they need more sales and they've heard that Facebook ads can help to get them more sales. So their pain point is the fact that they want more sales or more inquiries or more prospects. Their pain point isn't that they want to be a genius on Facebook ads. Because ultimately, if I turned around to them and said, do you know what? You could get more sales, more prospects, more um, people in your funnel if you go and stand on your head in the middle of the street, then do you know what? They might be more inclined to do that than necessarily come and do the Facebook ads. It's not necessarily the physical thing that you're teaching them. It's their outcome that they're looking for. It's the problem that they're trying to solve. So for instance, if you were a coach, it's not that anybody sits there thinking, I desperately want a coach. I really want a coach. I've always dreamt of having a coach. They normally have a need and they might not even know that a coach is the answer to fixing that pain point. So by looking at the pain point first, by understanding what that problem is. So for instance, if you're a coach and you do a business coach, it might be, are you uh, tired of not having clarity about your business? Are you struggling to see the path forward? Are you not prioritizing things or is, is the business not growing as you need it to be or want it to be? So those might be the pain points. Now, the solution is obviously going to be you as a coach. However, like I said, they might not even sat there and thought, I need a coach. They might just know their pain point. So if all your marketing was aimed at talking about you as a coach and what makes you an amazing coach and what's brilliant about being a coach, then that might go straight over their head. They might not resonate with it. They might not see it. They might not engage with it. However, If your marketing was all about, are you struggling in your business? Do you struggle to see a way forward? I'm obviously just making these things up as I go along, but you get my point. If the marketing that you put out there on your website or on your social media or wherever you might market talked about the problem that someone might have, 
then obviously they might resonate with that quicker and they might think, yeah, that's me. I have that problem. And then they might be open to the idea of, well, actually, I didn't even know a coach existed to help with that sort of thing. And you might think to me, well, of course they would know. But actually, I think generally in marketing and selling, you need to think about that they don't know and we have to be really obvious. But like I said, look at the pain points first, understand the pain points that your customers have and market to those points. So again, another one when we talk about social media, one word that I hear all the time is that people are overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed by knowing what to do, how to keep up to date. They're struggling with what platform they should be on, keeping sort of time management because there's so much to do. Therefore, when I market, I often talk about fixing that overwhelm. Again, I'm not physically sat there going, I'm going to teach you how to do this and that and the other. I'm talking about their pain point. So that's point number one, thinking about their pain point and how you're going to fix them. Point number two is talking a bit around the feelings and the results rather than the actual thing. So it follows on nicely from the pain point, but I want you to think about when you're telling them what they get. So for instance, I've recently sold my course. My course is still on sale. And on the webinar, I talked about what they physically get if they buy the course. And I obviously listed out things like you get downloads and worksheets and planners, you get videos, you get lifetime access, you get a private Facebook group. So those are the actual things that they're getting when they buy the physical course. However, the other thing I added, which I think is super important, is flip that around and what does that mean to them? Now, you know their pain points, you know their issues that they've got. And this bit, i.e. what it means to them, should be the benefits or the things that solve those pain points. So for instance, on my webinar, when I talked about it, when I did the what it means to them, I included things like, it means that you won't feel overwhelmed anymore. It means that you won't be stuck for an idea or you won't be stuck trying to find an image. It means that you will save so much time coming up with content ideas for social media. So there's all these various things that I then listed out, which almost when you go back and look at each pain point, it almost answered each pain point. So again, although obviously they're going to want to know what they physically get for their money, the thing that's really going to sell it to them is telling them the benefits that they're going to get from that thing, from them actually purchasing that product or their service. And when I talk about talking about feelings, people actually really better resonate with emotions and feelings than they do with necessarily practical stuff. So again, throwing in a few feeling words in there is great. So talking about, you know, you're no longer going to feel overwhelmed you're going to feel light, you're going to feel positive, you're going to feel whatever those kind of feelings are that they're going to get at the end of the product and service. So try and see it a bit from that point of view as well. Okay, point number three. So one of the things that obviously works really well, and this isn't new to anybody, but always worth mentioning, is good examples, case studies and testimonials. One thing we need to do as online sellers is we need to convince people from a distance that we are credible and worth taking a risk by giving us their money. And one of the ways that we can do this is show them that we've done this work with other people 
or we've had these results in the past to make us credible. So obviously, if you've got any case studies, any testimonials, then again, using these everywhere. If you can use video testimonials, then fantastic. That might be a really nice thing to be putting out there on social media. If you can ask people on LinkedIn to write you recommendations so it's come directly from their LinkedIn, again, that's a great way to do this. So for me, that is a really important part of this sales process because you're giving people confidence. Also, when you're asking people to write the testimonials or film the testimonials, again, ask them, how did they feel before they had your product or service? And then ask them, how do they feel now that they've had your product or service? Again, using those feeling words are really going to help. And even more so when they're coming out of someone else's mouth. It's a much more trusting and believing way that you are who you say you are and you do what you say you do. So point number four, we need to talk a bit about what makes us an expert. Why should they get their product or service from us? Why are we so good? Now, I don't want you to get completely bogged down by this because you know what? In all truth, they don't really want to hear about us. They don't want to hear our backstory. They don't want to hear you know, how many years training and how many degrees or whatever. They don't necessarily need to know all those details. However, you do want to give them some information about you and what makes you an expert. Now, by all means, send them to your about page on your website, which can go into lots and lots of details about everything about you. However, if you're talking about social media or a sales page or a webinar, you really want to try and keep it brief and succinct. So often bullet points are great. So the headline points, what makes you an expert? You know, how many years experience have you have? If you have got degrees or whatever, who have you worked with? What results can you get? Have you got podcasts? Do you speak? Have you written a book? Those sorts of things, whatever makes them feel more confident that actually you are the person you say you are and you're worth giving that money to. Because obviously I want to know that someone's credible. If I am going to um, give someone my money, then I want to know that they're worth it. And you know, what's really interesting. And I don't know if I've said this before on the podcast. However, when I, I'd obviously got a degree in marketing. And when I started working in social media, I then decided that I wanted to become a member of the Chartered Institute of Marketers. And it was really interesting because the only reason I did this was because I felt that people didn't take social media seriously and often people who were doing social media hadn't got a background in marketing. And therefore, for my credibility, I wanted to say to people, I've got, I'm a member of the Chartered Institute of Marketers in order to, like I said, make myself sound more credible. Now, the truth is, the only way I get to be a member is based on my experience and my qualifications. So actually, I haven't done anything in addition to become a member. It's just the fact that I can say I'm a member. So it's really fascinating that I felt I needed to do that in order to show that credibility a little bit more. But anyway, like I said, make sure you go through, tell people what makes you an expert, but don't go too much on about it. And also, if you can add a personal why in there or something a bit personal, then great. But again, don't go overboard on the whole I, you know, I do it for my family. This is my dog. This is my husband. This is my children, blah, 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 blah. Okay. And then the last tip, tip number five. Now, this is a really interesting one. And I know some of you are going to be like, I don't think I like this one. However, it's really powerful. 
I want you to think about their objections. So when you're selling a product or service, everyone has got an objection at some point. And you're going to have varying degrees of the type of objection. So for me, because I sell an online product and because I have a course, the two main ones I get all the time, or the two main ones that that anybody selling that kind of thing online gets all the time is, I can't afford it. I don't have the time. And then obviously you'll get a load of other objections that are necessarily to do with that area or that actual thing. And it's not that people are completely anti the thing that you're selling, but obviously they're sat there weighing it up in their head thinking, okay, should I spend this money? Is it worth my time? Is it going to be good? What if I don't like it? And they're trying to make a decision in their own head. Now, what I often see with lots of businesses is that they avoid the objections altogether. They don't want to uh, almost be open and honest about them because they almost feel like, well, if I talk about those objections, people might then not have thought about them and then I'm planting it in their head. Or if I bring it up before they do, then again, like you said, I'm planting it in their head and they're not going to buy from me. But in fact, it has the complete opposite effect. Because when you are being upfront about objections and you are being honest about them, then it really helps people not only trust you because they know you're not trying to hide behind something, but also it meets them. So instead of them having the objection in their head, maybe not thinking, uh, maybe not talking about it or talking about it and you're on the back foot because you don't know what to say, it means that you're able to answer that objection really quickly, really succinctly, and therefore that kind of shuts that objection down. Now, again, it's not that you're trying to be totally salesy. It's just that you're trying to weigh up all the negative reasons why someone might not buy from you. So let's take the time one, for instance. So for me, if someone says to me, do you know what? I'd love to do your course, Teresa, but I just don't have the time. One of the arguments or one of the things I might say back on a sales page or in person or wherever it might be is, I totally understand. You know what? Time is super precious, but I can promise you that investing in what's going to be two or three hours tops is actually going to save you so much time in the long run. So this is actually going to benefit you by spending this time now. You're going to save a lot of time in the future. Now, I haven't been totally salesy. I haven't said their objection is wrong or not right. I've agreed that, yeah, their time is super precious. And I've told them why I feel that actually it's worth investing that time. Again, the things about money, I can't afford it. Again, I might come back and say, it is an investment. Now, actually the course currently sells at £97. I think I've stopped my head. I think it's 97 So it's actually not loads and loads of money. However, I might turn around and say, it is an investment. It is almost a hundred pounds. However, your time is worth so much more than that. And if you're wasting too much time on creating content or coming up with ideas, then while you're doing that, you're not going to be selling your time out where you should be selling your time out, or you're not going to be using your time efficiently where you could be making money. Instead, you're messing around trying to come up with content for social media when actually I could just help you and do it so much quicker. So for this last point, I'd like you to do a little bit of homework. I want you to think about all the reasons people have said they don't want to buy your product or service. 
And I want you to think of the answer that you might give in return for that. Now, I had a really good example of this where James Wedmore, when I was on one of his conferences, he was talking about this and about objections. And he said that he was selling a video course and someone said one of their objections was that they didn't want to put their face on camera. And therefore James came back and said, yeah, no problem, totally understand. And actually you'll see that the percentage of videos that get great results from someone not being on camera is actually really good. So again, he went out there and found contrary to the belief. So there's always going to be some example out there where it goes against their objection and proves their objection wrong. So like I said, I'd really like you to think about this one because I think this is so powerful. And also, if you are a person that sells face-to-face, when someone gets ready to say that to you or in that meeting where they're saying or about to say, you know, actually I would, but then you're going to be ready to come back. And you know what? It's not that, like I said, we're trying to be falsely salespeople. We're just trying to go, do you know what? That's great. But actually I found in the course that I've been told they save so much time ongoing that it's worth the time investment now, whatever. And if at that point they still don't want to buy, then cool, no problem at all. But I just want to get it all out there so you understand and so that they can appreciate what it can do for them and actually that their objection might not be as strong as they think it is. So I really hope I've given you some really nice insight into different things that you can think about when selling your product and service and not feeling sleazy and horrible about it, but actually thinking to yourself, do you know what? I am doing you a great favor. I have spent years learning how to be a coach or learning how to be a chiropractor or a nutritionist, whatever you might be. I have invested so much time and money into this. I know what I'm talking about and I know I can help you and I can improve things for you. So don't feel that actually selling your service is a sleazy, horrible thing to do because I promise you it's not. You are helping people out there. So therefore don't feel like you can't actually then go and sell your product or service to them. So I really hope that I've given you a bit of food for thought there and given you some tips and tools around selling and how it can feel not so yucky and how you might feel more confident about it. Do you know what? Without even thinking, this episode is perfect timing because next week I have an interview episode with a lovely lady called Jen who I met at one of James's events. She's part of the same group that I am and she is talking about how to get more clients And you know what? It was a really good episode. And one thing that I'm not very good at is being super proactive around getting clients. So it was really helpful to hear some of her tools that she uses in order to get her clients. And she's got some amazing good clients. So I think that's going to be a really, really good one to follow up from this one in terms of building your business and getting more clients or selling more products and services. So I really hope you've enjoyed this one. The ones where I talk on my own tend to be a little bit shorter, which I actually don't think is a bad thing. Let me know what you think. Come and hit me up in the DMs or send me an Insta story. I love to see them. So hope you have a really great week and I really look forward to speaking to you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast with Teresa Heath-Waring from TeresaHeathWaring.com. 